Welcome to Episode 9 with Dr. Kate Wood, an integrated journey back to health and happiness. Welcome to the Wellness Project Podcast with Claire Obeyed. I'm a life and wellness coach, yoga teacher, EFT practitioner, and meditation guide, and most importantly, I'm a mama. And I'm here to support you to free your mind, fuel your body, and feed your soul as we journey into the project of your own wellness. From meditation, yoga, spirituality, and health, to well-being, mindset, conscious living, and conscious parenting, I dive into it all, featuring moments of contemplation mixed with inspired action and handy takeaways. You will feel inspired and motivated, ready to cultivate new habits, rituals, and tools for your wellness journey. With mini meditation sessions to support you in cultivating inner stillness, connection, and clarity, and special co-hosted episodes and interviews to answer your questions. The Wellness Project podcast has you covered. Okay, guys, get ready for it. I've got a really awesome conversation for you today with Dr. Kate Wood. Dr. Kate Wood is a Sydney-based chiropractor, kinesiologist, a doula. She has a bachelor in sports science. She is certified in chiropractic and musculoskeletal acupuncture it goes on. She has represented Australia as an 800-meter runner, winning five Australian titles and competing on the international stage. She's also lectured at the Australian College of Physical Education. And after being forced into early retirement, Kate opened the door to supporting health and wellness via the health space clinics in Sydney. And if you know them, there are 15 of them that her and her husband Nick have started together and Kate is especially passionate about supporting families and pregnancy and pediatrics and all sorts of areas. Now Kate is an incredible woman to to be chatting to because she has such an interesting journey. She was always very healthy until she came down with Lyme disease after being bitten by a tick which is really interesting and slightly controversial here in Australia because apparently we don't have Lyme disease. So Kate has recovered from that using all natural modalities. And she has created a book, written a book called The Integrated Journey Back to Health and Happiness, which kind of talks about that journey and all the healing modalities that she's passionate about and that she has used for herself and that she now uses within her clinics with, for all of her clients and especially as a mama for her children. So I think you're going to find this conversation with Kate really enlightening because we talk about the power of natural healing and natural modalities. We talk about how to bring those into your healing journey or into your health journey and how to incorporate that into your family life as well. And I think that this is a really important conversation. It's not to neg on Western medicine at all, which we are very clear about when we chat, but it's to really start to encourage people to cultivate health and wellness before they get to this really sick state. And then also if they are, you know, suffering from disease or chronic illness, that they can actually tackle the problem from multiple avenues and use natural healing modalities as a huge component of that. Kate is also a really, really dear friend of mine and somebody that I love so much and I can't wait for you to have this insight into her and how she does natural healing and health. So without further ado, I'm going to move over into our chat and I hope you enjoy as much as I do. Hi, beautiful Kate and welcome. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. You're welcome. I'm so excited. I 
you know how I feel about you. I think you're an incredibly inspiring, intelligent, amazing woman putting so much goodness out into the world. So to have this conversation with you about integrated health and happiness is really important to me. I know will be something that opens up many eyes and ears who are listening today. So thank you. I'm excited to, don't worry. Yay. Okay, so I'm going to dive right in by asking you three questions. Three very simple questions, and I know that there's so much that you can say on all of this, so we're just going to keep it short and sweet and then go into our beautiful conversation about integrated health. So tell me, what is one thing that you personally do to free your mind? Ooh, um, I have to say naturally meditation doesn't come natural to me, but that is the one thing, whether it's a walking meditation, whether it's a yoga meditation or whether it's actually a guided or sitting quietly is the one thing that if I do regularly, I find really frees my mind and keeps me grounded. Awesome. Me too. So what is one thing that you do and that you love to do that fuels your body? Fuels? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a runner and running is just my drug. Like I love running, but having had my first child, I, I haven't run very much since then. So um, at the moment, I'm going to say a chai tea. <laughs> good. <laughs> nice and simple. <laughs> yeah, so simple, so happy. So good. Love a good chai. And what about one thing that feeds your soul? My family. I, I mean, before you have your own family, it's the family you come from. And being around people and particularly the people that I've created, it just fuels me. It feeds me. It makes me so happy. Um, and, yeah, that's, that would what it would be. I have to say, having spent a lot of time with you, you really do love family. And it's just so beautiful to see and to be part of that energy that you give off. And that I think you include that in your friends in your in your little family circle as well. So that's something yes, I that's right. Yeah, definitely notice that. Friends are family by choice. Yes, they are. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for starting with those three. So I want to dive into you, right? Because you have a pretty fascinating journey. And uh, as for those that are listening, the bio that I read out earlier, you can you can hear how much Kate has done <laughs> in her life in her very short life. But can we talk about your personal health journey? Because something pretty crazy happened to you a few years back. So can you start there? Yes, I can. Um, I was a very healthy child, and so I didn't really know sickness was not my friend. Um, And, uh, yeah, as a 16-year-old, I was bitten by a tick, and at that time, it was insignificant and, you know, not, not much was taken from that. But um, ongoing from that, I had my first real flu. Um, I was diagnosed with glandular fever and then, you know, being sick and tired, then, you know, I had testing done and, you know, it was, it was decided that I had chronic fatigue because no one could really kind of work out what happened. So, yeah, I worked through all of that around 16 to 21, saw lots of doctors and, you know, a lot of them said it was in my head. Um, so it was like a very tricky time going through HSC, um, not feeling great, being, an, you know, an elite international runner and not being able to sometimes walk around the house. I was so tired. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I worked through that and that's where I really found natural health. Um, I always had a 
affinity to it, you know, learning bush medicine from my grandmother. But, um, you know, I got myself back on track um, and moved to Sydney to study and to, you know, try and pursue that, that career. And it was a little bit later that I got bitten by a tick again. And once again, I didn't put two and two together. And, you know, I traveled a bit and came back and I wasn't feeling very well. And I thought, you know, I should, I'm looking at having a family soon. I had started doing preconception stuff and I thought I better go to the doctor and just make sure everything's okay. And what was a root, what supposedly was going to be a routine thing that I thought they would tell me I had low iron because that has been something that's plagued me my whole life. Um, yeah, they came back with like my white cell count was really um, low. My liver enzymes are out of control and I had like some, some um, bacterial infections and the doctor said, you know, that having a baby is the last thing you should be thinking about. We need to rule out some really major health things like HIV, cancer, leukemia, wow. that sort of stuff. Yeah, so that was a very um, – confronting thing because I was not feeling well but not that unwell um and so yeah we worked through all of those tests and cleared those and just happened the doctor that I landed in the lap of um the universe put me there for a reason she said you know I'm getting all these weird cases I've had people diagnosed with Lyme I think you have Lyme disease and I looked up the symptoms and thought oh yeah no I just I don't know and I had testing done it came back negative so I just thought all right I don't have that I didn't understand that the testing is not very sensitive and there's lots of different ways of testing. And with a push from her, I um, did some further testing over in the US and it came back that I was positive with Lyme disease. Wow. Yes, it came back positive. Um, And so, yeah, trying to decide what treatment to do was tricky because, um, as I said before, I hadn't taken antibiotics before and that was a very big part of the protocol, taking multiple um, strains of antibiotics for a long period of time um, and it made me very sick and it was hard to know was it making me sick because I was killing the bugs and getting better or was I just getting sick because I was being poisoned by antibiotics um, and I did that for six months and I got to the point where I couldn't get out of bed I couldn't walk up the hill out of my house I couldn't even make it to the mailbox so I just thought something has to change I've got to do something different um, and I researched different ways, you know, I looked at the treatment in Bali and this and that and ended up going to a clinic in St. George in Germany. And that's kind of where my healing journey began because I did like high heat hypothermia, some ozone therapy, lots of IV intravenous, um, vitamins. And yeah, that sort of like kickstarted that, um, that process for me. And then I came home and worked with a really good holistic doctor, an integrated naturopath, homeopath, and using my husband as a kinesiologist to like guide that process. And I think that's where what I've learnt anyway and apply to, to practice is that sometimes you can feel great and you could have something wrong with you. Sometimes you feel terrible and it's, you know, it's, it's not that bad. So actually looking at how your body's functioning is really important. And that's how I managed that recovery. I looked at how, what my body was telling me. So my liver was not working. My gut was completely ruined from so many antibiotics. Um, my neurotransmitters were all screwed. So emotionally I was really struggling. And so I worked on those and, and I didn't really consider myself Lyme free or post Lyme until my body was really functioning optimally. Not what a blood test says is, oh, you're normal, but actually optimally getting those levels Mm. to normal and um 
yeah, and then I thought, okay, next step is going and, you know, preconception and, you know, maybe I won't be able to have a baby after doing all of this, you know, stuff and first try we had a little <laughs> yeah, beautiful pregnant. Yeah, so, and, yeah, I had a beautiful pregnancy, so much energy. Um, yeah, so it was um, a real eye-opener to um, I think I probably did the best preconception detox anyone's ever done only because I'd wiped out my gut flora so I had to start from scratch yes. again. And also because you'd gone on such a holistic health journey and recovery and you obviously didn't leave any stone unturned. And I have to say That's for everybody right. listening, before I actually met Kate, we both were living at Coogee at the time <laughs> and I used to sit under this tree on the top of this hill doing my, you know, you know beautiful, gentle, fluid yoga, being all yogi and zen Zen. and I would watch this incredibly strong powerful dynamic woman as heavily pregnant as I was run (laughs) run up this hill (laughs) in hot pants and a crop top and a cap super tanned and looking like she'd just come down from pregnancy gods just thinking (laughs) what 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 have I done what am I missing here this woman's like literally busting with energy so I can say anybody that is curious about how Kate does what she does. You should listen in closely because this woman does energy and health very well. So, Kate, can we take a step back? Because Lyme disease, right? Apparently, we don't have it. Right? Apparently, exactly. So, can, can we just talk a little <laughs> bit about that? Because you were bitten twice, and twice those tick bites resulted in, you know, a, a decrease in health and vitality for you. So, can you shed some light on Lyme de- disease for those listening? Because it, it, it was new to me when I heard about it. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, it's super controversial about whether Lyme disease exists in Australia. Um, But, you know, if we keep it simple, what we do know is Lyme disease exists. It's a real disease. Um, You know, other countries have it and it's diagnosed. So it's just crazy to think that, you know, it can't make it via those ticks on animals or people to Australia. So the real controversy is whether Australian ticks carry Lyme disease. Um, but I don't understand still why people say it doesn't exist in Australia because people fly, they are, you know, they're on your skin. So you can easily bring them across from other countries and they've been tested to, to carry it. So, um, and it's not you like know. you're, you're checked. Every single part of your body is checked when you come no. through customs at the airport. No, people have bites and don't even know they've had them. So, you know, just to keep, keep the controversial down. We're going to call it a Lyme-like illness because that's what it's been labelled. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's ba- – I mean, Lyme disease is quite involved, but to keep it simple, um, it's um, – how how you get it is usually via an infected tick and it's a spirochete, which is similar to um, – the bacteria that is in syphilis, which is obviously sexually transmitted. So there's another controversial side of it too. So when the tick bites you, it sets up this um, immune response at the side of the bite and um, accompanies what's called a spirochet into the skin during that beating process. And what the interesting part is, is it allows this protective environment to be set up and this enables the little spirochete bacteria to establish the infection um, without often people even knowing it's not like a mozzie where it flies onto you and you feel the bite like you don't feel the bite if you didn't notice it was on you you would be none the wiser and if you wow. don't get the characteristic um, it, um, the rash that looks like a bull, bullseye you might not even ever know that you've been bitten so 
I mean, lots of people do know, they see them, they find them, they pull them off, but, you know, you could easily have been bitten by a tick and not know. Um, so, you know, some people in the early stages might experience a flu-like symptom, um, you know, headaches, obviously that rash that I was just explaining, but some people have no symptoms at all. Um, so then Lyme disease, depending on how long it's been in the body. So, you know, if you've got a really high functioning immune system, the tick wasn't on for very long, it might be, and all ticks carry different diseases and, you know, you might not even be carrying Lyme, that one, um, that would depend on whether it would you know, you, you, you've got Lyme disease um, and, you know, other factors such as your age and your health and that sort of stuff would, would depend on, you know, maybe your body would kill, say it had been transmitted, you know, your body might just deal with that in the acute phase and you that would be it. But for a lot of people what happens is it sets up this stealth-like infection that goes in undetected in the immune system and starts to set up stuff and then it, it, it basically starts to disable your system and you, you get sicker and sicker and sicker throughout those stages so what are some of the symptoms that you experienced when you talk about sickness oh my gosh um so um the initial symptoms that i had at pretty much anyone that has had a lyme like illness um will have fatigue varying levels of fatigue um but yeah i had a lot of neurological stuff so i had really um foggy um memory um, really tired. As I said, like my eyesight diminished over time. I had muscle shakes. I had, um, palpitations and like severe heart pain at times. Um, I'd get this like air hunger where I felt like I couldn't breathe, particularly if I lay down, Mm. um, muscle aches and pain. So like it crosses across a whole lot of things and you can see why people end up in hospital and nothing often, none of those symptoms show up as a, you know, you don't have a heart problem. You don't have a brain problem and so then you get labelled as um, either a hypochondriac or some sort of mental patient um, and then it's all in your head and sometimes you seem to think even yourself question, maybe it is in my head, maybe I am crazy mm. um, because you have so many different things and they cycle around all the time. Wow. <laughs> just, it's just it, – if it, it's really mind-blowing to me because I know you today and I know you as this vibrant yes. – full of life, healthy, incredible woman. And I just can't imagine you so broken and debilitated like that. It's, it's pretty much. I think, it, yeah, I think it was even worse because I'm such a vibrant, healthy, positive person to get to a point where I literally couldn't look after myself. I couldn't drive. I was blacking out for 20 minutes at a time. So I couldn't be on my, my own. Um, yeah, I really did get to that point where I, I, not that I would ever have taken my own life, but I got to that point where I was like, I cannot enjoy life in this way. Like I either have to get better or I have to go because I can't keep doing this. And I don't, I didn't like people having to look after me. Now talk about a dark night of the soul or dark nights. Oh yeah. Wow. So you then went to Germany as you explained, and that was kind of like the, the real deepening of your your healing journey and, and obviously your passion for natural health. Yeah. Can you give us an insight into some of the stuff that happened at the clinic in Germany and how that really propelled your health and, and your vitality and really shifted that for you? Sure can. I mean, A, to, to go to this clinic in Germany, this is like my dream clinic here, like nothing exists in Australia like this, where you've got a hospital on the same in the same building, not only in the same building, but integrated with a holistic um, clinic, you know, you're doing 
really scientific-based treatments such as, um, you know, hypothermia where they they sedate you and heat your body to really high temperatures. Um, so for those of you that don't don't know what a fever does in the body, you get a fever when you've got a bacterial infection, sometimes viral, but usually bacterial, and it raises the temperature of your body up until it kills the bug and then your body temperature comes back down. So they basically recreated this with a hyperheating thermal, wow. um, treatment. So it's really full on and um, it takes – my body went up to 42.7 <gasps> um, degrees Celsius, yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously it wipes out all the good and the bad bacteria as well. Um, and that's very closely monitored. Obviously, not everyone gets to go that high depending on their health and stuff, and they do this with cancer patients there too. Um, a lot of infusions trying to, like, really support the body and rather than having to ingest, um, you know, they, they do do supplements too, but a lot of it, wherever it could be IV, it was IV to give the digestive system a rest. Mm. Um, and then right down to Reiki, Reiki and yoga wow. um, in this hospital. Yeah, unbelievable. So that's obviously part of... Uh, your passion with the clinics that you and your husband have created, isn't it, to create that really holistic, integrated approach. And anyone that's listening that uh, hasn't checked it out, please do check out Health Space Space Clinics in Sydney because everything you do is integrated in there. So I can see, obviously, how that's kind of fed into the health space. Yeah. Well, I came from the athletic background and my dream was always to have the gym with the float tanks, the saunas, you know, all the different modalities in there the PTs in one and then it just took it to a new level being over there and seeing, you know, the amazing miracles that they achieve every day using modern medicine because let's face it, when you're in a crisis situation like that, there's nothing else that is going to work as well as that. But also the supportive um, treatments that can happen with the, the natural side of things that speeds up that healing and means you don't have to be taking drugs for as long or at all in some cases. Um, and then that, you know, a doctor and a Reiki therapist are communicating is just mind blowing and it's just so amazing to be where everyone believes you're sick and that you can get better and that they're all there to help you. And yeah, that, you know, as you would know, it's not just the physical treatments that heal a person, it's the support and love that come from within and from around you that, you know, creates that that healing burst as well totally and it's also that like like you know the integrated holistic approach that tackles the mind body and soul and knowing that you can't actually just isolate one component and expect everything else to come back into alignment that just is no. the ultimate to be able to work across all areas yeah and it was interesting because when I came back I focused I mean I have a lot of um, emotional, spiritual um, clearings and, and treatments. And still I got to a point where my body was, they were saying to me, your body's, you know, as close as it's going to get to being healthy on paper. You know, your bloods are great. And I had, I got to this point where I should be like, yes, I can go out and I can be with my friends and I can do all this stuff again. And I was really severely depressed and I couldn't stop crying. And I just thought, what is wrong with me? Like all I've wanted to do is be better for all these years and now I'm better and I just want to sit at home and cry. Mm. And uh, it was a really light bulb moment when I had an appointment with a naturopath who's like quite an energy healer as well. And she said, your body has gone through so much over these years that it hasn't been able to detox and process that emotional stuff at the level that it is now. So it's a really great sign that this is all coming out because it means that your physical body's strong and now it can yeah, release can these emotions. It, yes. And when she told me that, I felt okay about it rather than being beating up on myself and 
feeling like a failure, I was like, all right, this is good. And I really got behind it and then used those modalities that I love, like NET and your emotional technique and Reiki and, and you know, herbs and homeopathics to really clear that last bit out. Kate, I love that. That's such a golden nugget for everybody listening. It's something that I really resonate with and align to, which is that you're always being sent messages from your body, from your emotions, from your mind, from your soul. And none of it's really scary and horrible and bad. You just have to pay attention to the messages. And you got a massive one, which is your Mm -hmm. your heart, your soul is now doing another next level stage of work when it comes to healing. And you just need to support that. And I just think that's so epic. That's just so awesome to, to be so able awesome. to honor and it. That's it. And then what I learned through that journey also is that, I mean, you, everybody has bad things happen. And at the time you just think, why is this happening to me? Um, and if you can get to a point where quickly you can say, what is the lesson I need to learn from this? Because that, at the end of the day, I was not learning the lessons that I needed to learn. And that, that whole experience got so bad that I had to address it and you know all of us have these things in life so if we can get to that point and go okay what's this lesson I've got to learn I've really got to hone in on that then you can get through these experiences and learn and build from it much quicker as well yes and if you just nailed it and I remember you you know you personally going through an experience recently before you had your second daughter and I remember marveling at, at the beauty as you very quickly came to the lesson that unfolded for you during that yes. challenge. And I remember asking you yeah. about it and you said, well, you know, I, I know and I believe that there's a lesson in everything. And I think everybody says that, but people don't really honor it and respect it and don't really live by that truth. But you did very quickly sit down and go, what is this lesson? And you integrated it and then you move forward and you had no baggage left over, which yep. is epic. And such an inspiration because it's the baggage actually that causes the illness and the struggle and the pain in the future, isn't it? It is. And when you're in the middle of it, it's really hard to, you know, not, not feel sorry for yourself or want to blame someone or something. And that's our natural instincts to do it. And I still, that's my thing that I do initially. But, you know, I've learned over time, I just get better and quicker at facing the fact that I have everything within me that I need and I've just got to realize it and honor it and and move through it and be appreciate um you know appreciate that experience for what it is I guess totally okay so let me take a step back and ask a question because when you were talking about the clinic in Germany I had this thought so what if somebody's listening right now and they they are suffering with a serious illness but they don't have the capability to go to an amazing place like that what would your advice yes. be? How could they start now on an integrated journey back to health and happiness? Most people, um, you know, they'll have part of the puzzle sorted and they feel like because they're putting all their effort and time and often a lot of money into that part of the puzzle that they're doing everything that they can. And they're doing everything they can with the knowledge that they have at that point. So I guess the key is to expand out and find people that are going to address physical, chemical, emotional, spiritual. Because as you touched on before, if you don't attack, even you might not be feeling emotional, but there's emotions being stored when you're sick and injured and they have to be released. And some people are really good at just naturally subconsciously doing it. Most Mm. of us are not. We have to actually physically do it. Um, So I would say working out a diet and, you know, when I say diet, I mean eating healthy, normal foods. Um, that works for you because what worked for that guy and this girl is not necessarily going to work for you. But if you stick to a, a solid plan of whole foods, 
um, no processed um, foods, um, you know, drinking your broths and if you're eating meat, eating the whole animal um, because going back to that, my belief is that, you know, we came from a tribal background. We didn't eat meat every day. We ate the whole animal if we had it. We ate what, you know, we ate what was in season and sometimes we didn't eat a lot because there wasn't much. So, you know, that's where the fasting comes in. Mm. So getting getting that side of it right for whatever you can't do, um, for whatever reason, if you've got genetic issues, if you've got, you know, some people, you know, they need to earn money and they have to do certain things or your mum, you know, that job never ends. So you might need to supplement um, with good quality supplements and, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in tissue salts and homeopathics and stuff like that to, to bolster where you're missing. Um, physically, you know, get, getting enough sleep, um, getting body work done, um, grounding, you know, getting like limiting your exposure to EMF, like all these things are like part of the framework and the puzzle to, to getting healthy. And then the emotional spiritual side, which is usually the one that's missed the most. Yeah. Um, yeah. Being able to cleanse that out. And for some people that's all they need to do to like get over that hurdle and, and believe that they can and will get well. Yes, and I, I have to say for everybody listening, my recent journey in the first three months of this second pregnancy, as it happened with Soleil, was a horrible experience and I was very, very sick. Uh, but I knew I could feel the emotional blocks, the spiritual kind of wall coming up around me as my body suffered. So I very quickly responded to that by going to get some kinesiology, by going to do some spiritual work. And now because I'm so responsive to it, it clears very, very quickly. And I was even reflecting today about how all those feelings and emotional blocks and baggage that I felt I was carrying at that time are completely gone. Whereas when we don't address it quickly, they sit and they fester, don't they? And then they kind of compound the sickness and the physical un unwellness that we're experiencing. So I think it's really important to bring that into the piece really quickly, don't you? Absolutely. And um, I don't know if anyone, if you haven't, it's a great avenue to go, the Bruce Lipton books. Mm. And he says that um, like the research that they've done now shows that your perspective of what you think is real is actually more important than what is real. So that's why people can go whatever years without eating because they don't, they believe that they, they can believe. be well and heal yeah. without. Now that's the extreme end of spirituality. And I, you know, not a lot of us and I definitely don't have that um, capacity yet to um, to be able to have a mind that strong. But, you know, that's the monks that meditate on top of the hills. They, they, you know, their body is their temple and their mind, um, you know, controls all of that. So if you believe that you're going to get sick, you know, the pe person that goes, oh, I get the flu every year, guess what? They get the flu every yeah. year because that's what they believe. Manifesting So you've what really you got to change yeah. your mindset around that. And that for some people is really hard. Like I have to work really hard on that my mind is really led easily and so I you know I find for me affirmations um are really helpful in just keeping those those thoughts at bay as well totally I mean everybody has an experience where they have manifested something both positive or negative into their life experience That's and it. they can actually trace back and see that they were either thinking about it or putting it out there constantly or talking about it all the time. I found myself the other day cracking a joke about how I desperately did not want to have a third child and I didn't want to be that person that got knocked up accidentally at 40. And I thought to myself, <laughs> well, it's on the way, Claire, because you keep putting it out there, <laughs> right? Even though you're saying you don't want it, you're putting it out there. So let's clean up the content in your mind. Let's 
actually not even put energy into those thoughts because that yep. in itself is where the power is, isn't it? That's it. And when you get into, you know, if you get really like have a chronic illness, it's really hard to get out of that cycle because you're feeling so terrible and your mind is, you know, so consumed by that. So I think, you know, the early days and feeding this back to your children is really important because if they start their life with this really positive outlook and they're really healthy in life, then, you know, that they just keep recreating those patterns in their life. Whereas they start out hard and, you know, they're being told life just sucks and then that's what they believe and that's what they create for themselves as well. And, you know, it's really interesting because some of us have, you know, if you look at, you know, for example, a child born into a family of, you know, where the mother's a drug addict, why 50% of the children will just be drug addicts because that's all they know. But then 50% of them will be like, I don't want that for myself. And they work so hard to get out of that. And I just find that so inspirational because they've got these tools inside them that they wouldn't even know how to use that they're creating on their own with no money, no mum looking after them, you know, and yeah, they're the true, you know, people that you really need to learn from. (laughs) So they're the ones that, you know, kind of remind us that we all actually have, like you said, the power within to heal. We do. We all have it already there. We just have to tap into it and believe that it's there. That's it. That's it. So you touched on children. So I know that you and your husband, Nick, still run the 15 also clinics in Sydney, the health space clinics, but you've predominantly focusing on building your beautiful little family over the last couple of years. So I am. <laughs> such beautiful, beautiful children. I love them. I love them. So talk to me about, talk to us about now, considering the journey that you've been on, considering all the tools in your toolkit, you know, you're a mm-hmm. chiropractor and a kinesiologist and, oh, my God, the list goes on. How do you stay fit, healthy and aligned and not plummet into that negative frame, not plummet into, you know, uh, a mindset that kind of brings you into poor health? And how do you yes. weave that into your children and your family as well? What's your approach to integrated health? Um, be- before I had children, I was very um, big on because you know mums would bring their kids in to see me way more than they would bring themselves, and sometimes it's the dad too. So you know the main carer, um, and I would always be saying, "You need to get in here because if you get sick or injured, you hold the family unit together, um, and nobody is going to survive without you." Um, and I was very big on that. And I had children, <laughs> and I realised that's not as easy as it sounds. Um, but I still think that is the most important thing that I can do for myself and for, um, you know, for my patients as well is to look after myself because if I'm not healthy, if I'm not setting a good example, then I cannot expect my children to do the same. So I sort of have a, um, a rule of thumb, I guess, that I wouldn't ask them to do anything that I don't do or wouldn't do for myself. So um, you know, there's a few exceptions to the rule. Like if I'm going to have a glass of wine, I'm not going to hide that from them because they just need to know that they can't drink wine yet and that they will be able to win at their choice. But you know, I'm not going to eat an ice block in front of them and say that you can't have it. Yes. I just don't, I don't, I'm not congruent with that. Um, so I eat healthy foods anyway. So this is really easy for me, but, um, you know, I eat what, what I want them to eat. I exercise in front of them. I sit down and read a book. Um, you know, I, I try and lead by example because that then becomes their norm. Yes. Um, so then, what about if you get sick or they get sick, which I know really happens for you guys, but yep. what happens then? That does happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it does happen. Um, it's funny because, not that it's funny, I just had mastitis recently and I never had 
anything like that with Matt. So I just cruised through that whole whole thing. And, um, you know, I've treated lots of people with mastitis. In, in retrospect, I know you do this, 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 and this. You know, try this, try this. I must test usually to see what's going to work for them. And I just went through the same thing for myself and got someone else to do it. Um, yeah, you just got to use the tools that you have and then disconnect from your emotional because with your children, you're always emotionally attached. So you will, your intuition is your best um, tool, but it can also be your worst enemy because you know them so well that sometimes you miss something or you think that there's something there that's not there. So I think also you do need to have a very trusted person, whether that's your doctor, whether that's your kinesiologist, your homeopath, whatever, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. They've got usually in health. or um, And then you know, you've got to have that person that's trusted and then follow that advice and follow through with the things mm. that you're doing. Don't just start and stop a million things. So this is where I want to throw in, having witnessed, obviously, especially in those early years with Max, whenever he would get a fever or whenever he would get sick, mm-hmm. you would never falter on your faith in natural healing and you would see it through. And you inspired me. I remember once Soleil had... You know, and I'm, I'm not into using drugs or, or Panadol or anything like that, but I remember once she had a really high fever, 40 degrees, and looking back, I think she actually had tonsillitis. But I was still breastfeeding her, and I remember you inspired me, and I literally end up just clearing my calendar for the entire week and laying on the couch with her skin to skin and breastfeeding mm-hmm. her nonstop through a really high fever. And I know that without that knowledge and without the trust in natural healing, Anyone would quite easily, and so so they should, I can understand, you know, break and reach for the drugs or run to the doctor or whatever it was. But mm-hmm. you don't really falter. You believe so passionately in natural healing. So I, I want to dig into that a little bit because that's quite hard for a lot of people too, especially when they're dealing with their children or with themselves. And natural healing takes a little bit longer than the quick fix of the drugs. So how do, it does. You, how do and- you tap into that and stay in that faith? Um, okay, really good question. I like this question because I, I have this conversation. With our children, it's really hard not to be emotionally attached and their pain is our pain. So all we want to do as a parent is help our children and we can only help them with what tools we have in our box. And guess what? Most people's box is going to the doctor. That's that's all they've got and they're doing the best they can with the knowledge they know in the situation and they're going to follow those instructions. So. My advice always is to parents, watch the child, not the book, you know, not the calendar, um, because if your child is feeding, if they're a baby, or eating, if they're an older child, pooing and weeing, um, and can sleep, you know, they might be waking up more often than normal, um, but if they're doing those three functional things and you can keep them well-rested and cuddled and loved, as you said, like you going to have to take some time out of your day to give them that that love and that support that they need then you know you can follow through with all whatever is in your box of natural medicine if at any point that they become hysterical they haven't slept the fever has been going on you know for days and days and days that's when I would reach into the medical toolbox or when I would you know go to the doctor Mm. um and so it's really just educating ourselves and learning more things like you know there's homeopathic first aid courses there's um you know if you have a, a children's, you know, naturopath or kinesiologist, that I just—that's always my first point of call, and I always just watch them. And you know, as a mother, if your child is okay, yes. obviously when they're crying and they've got a fever and they're cutting teeth, you know, they—they don't think they're okay. But you can nurse them through it, and you know they're okay. But the moment that that spirals, 
if you if you tap into that, you will know when you need to you need more than that. Mm. Um, I recently, for example, um, had my daughter, my new baby daughter. She, um, you know, having the second one, you've got germs coming in with the first one, and he wanted to kiss and cuddle her, and he was sick and. I felt like I couldn't stop him from doing it because, you know, there was this beautiful bond that was forming. Anyway, she got sick. I thought she's got all the signs of croup, barb, the cough. She had a fever. I stripped her off. She slept in my T-shirt, skin to skin. I fed her. She was feeding. She was sleeping. She got really wheezy at about 10 o'clock and she could barely breathe. She was like, like, (laughs) and I was worried. As a mom on my chest, she's sound asleep. And I thought, she's fed. She's got a wet nappy. She's asleep, clearly not bothered by it. I was really bothered by it, but I was like, I'm just going to have her on my chest. I'm going to be monitoring her the whole night. Um, and I just, I, I didn't sleep. I had her up on me the whole night, monitor her through it. The next day she woke up much brighter, but mm. with this cough. Um, I rang the homeopath straight away and said, this is the symptoms. Um, what do you suggest? She said, um, this one, I didn't have it. So uh, the second one was a phosphorus. I gave her the phosphorus. That was it. That was that, that was crude for her. Um, but Amazing. Yeah, it's it's a really hard thing to do. Even like my toolbox is very big, and that broke my heart. You know, like I was like, should I be going to the hospital? I questioned myself so many times, but I just I really trusted that she would tell me if she was not coping. Yeah. So to any mums listening and dads, we're not saying push the limits. We're not saying that no. at all. Absolutely not. We're just saying. Uh, someone like Kate has obviously experienced natural modalities for herself and used them with thousands of clients for such a long time that there's an innate trust there. So if you want to go down this path, my advice would be make sure you're experiencing it first. Make sure you're utilizing natural modalities so that you have full faith in them so that you can apply them to your children because you can't actually have faith in it if you don't believe in it. That's it. And if you, at any point, if you're out of your depth, that's when you go. And everyone will be out of their depth at some point because if you are stressed, your child will be stressed. So, you know, people say to me, oh my gosh, you're so brave having a home birth. And I I think personally, oh my gosh, you're so brave going to the hospital system because I'm so scared and so uncomfortable in a hospital. Whereas I totally get that some people would be so scared and so uncomfortable doing it at home. So you've just got to go with what works for you and what resonates with you and what you're comfortable with. Because if you're not comfortable with it, your child will not be comfortable. And so you can't, you can't, they're not going to heal because they're going to feel your stress. Totally. But if someone wants to begin, first port of call is to start building your natural modality toolkit. Get a homeopath that you trust, start exploring beautiful homeopathic options and then looking at a kinesiologist or looking at a chiropractor and that doesn't mean that you have to delete western medicine from your toolbox absolutely not yeah it just yeah, means I wouldn't bring it in here, i wouldn't be here talking to you if i didn't have that western medicine approach um you know through that lyme disease because that was really integral and you know if you break your arm if you are bleeding you know there is no safer better place for you than the doctor in the hospital but a lot of you know, the underlying stuff and when, you know, they're just getting sick, you really can support them through that with a lot of other options as well. Yeah. I mean, personally, I get a little bit frustrated by how, how quickly we rely on drugs. You know, I, I'm, I'm pregnant at the moment, at the moment, which everyone knows, and uh, I got a blood test back that said there were a few little red cell cells in my urine sample and I was immediately given antibiotics. And she said, make sure you take these, Claire, and I said, okay, cool, and I went home and I chucked them away. And my husband was like, what are you doing? And I was like, because I can feel, I can feel in my body that 
these antibiotics aren't going to help me. In fact, they're probably going to perpetuate the problem and make it worse. And I know, I already know the stuff that I need to take naturally that's going to support that. So for me, it's just about not being willy-nilly with the whole thing, but actually just educating yourself. And if you're starting at the beginning, start at the beginning. Takes the advice that Kate has given us. Read her beautiful book. I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. And start doing your research and incorporating that stuff, especially if you want to have an integrated approach to health and happiness for yourself or for your family. It is life-changing because it's really empowering, isn't it, Kate? Especially especially when something comes up and you realize, I've got this and I'm not going yep. to end up 20 times sicker because I've had to reach for something that's actually unnecessary. That's it. And, you know, when I had the mastitis, like quite a few people said to me, oh, you won't get rid of that without antibiotics. And I said, look, you know, that's my last port of call. So I've got these tools in my bag that I'm going to use first. Hopefully they'll work. If they don't, then, you know, I'm not um, adverse to the idea of drugs or antibiotics or anything like that. It's just it's surgery. You know, it's my last port of call. I'm going to try everything I know before I get to that point. And I was really sick for three days, but, you know, I bounced back quicker than most people. I was back exercising at day five. Um, you know, with, with my little holistic toolkit. And, you know, I was glad that I felt what it is for, that people feel with those things too yeah. because it was hideous. But, you know, if you honour your body and heal from within, you often do get better quicker, as you said, too. Totally. I mean, I've witnessed with Soleil having the most wild fevers and the next day being completely okay because I've oh, actually allowed her body to um, to burn off the infection, like yep. you said. They wake up and you think, were you even sick yesterday? <laughs> toddlers seriously <God> <laughs> not so much for us it takes it takes two or three days but you know yes we're getting does. there so just to wrap up here because i could talk to you about all of this stuff forever and i really invite everybody please explore kate explore her book check her out on instagram because she's always sharing the awesome little meals and stuff that she creates for her family if you're in Sydney, Australia, please go to Health Space Clinics because they do have such an integrated and holistic approach. But to round off, Kate, when it comes to the way that we live, the way we move, the way we eat, the way we heal, what is your biggest wish for all of us out here? What, what would you like to see happen? Um, I did a talk about a year ago at the Lyme conference and I really wanted to impart something that was provoking, but I guess, um, you know, I wanted people to really think about their health and, um, I came up with, um, I guess I always want to have a purpose and, um, you know, in life. And, you know, my dream, I guess, is that we value and be proactive in optimizing our health not because we have to, but because we choose to. And I guess that's where the natural health comes in because if people feel good, they don't tend to spend a lot of time or money on their health. Some people do. Um, it's But people will go travel any distance, pay any amount of money when they're really sick and, you know, have, you know, got to a point where they're so sick. So I, I want to impart to people that spending money and time on their health now will actually be cheaper and shorter in the long run and you will enjoy your life much more because I can tell you having been at the bottom of rock bottom of my health there is nothing that you can do in life no amount of money nothing matters if you don't have your health so it is your most um valuable asset I guess so if people that. can work that out because they choose to not because they have fallen into ill health that I would be 
that would be my dream. I love that. It's a choice. I think that's really powerful. I think that's really moving actually because it's, it's again empowering, isn't it? And when, it is. you, when you're choosing it, it's because you value yourself and your health. That's it. That's it. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing your you're welcome. journey and you. And uh, I could gush about you for hours because I just think you're such an inspiration. And uh, you're so humble about it all. I don't know why the world doesn't know more about you. So I'm hoping that this beautiful episode reaches those that need to hear and be inspired to live an integrated and holistic journey for health and happiness. Me too. If, if it helps one more person, then we've done our job. Tick. <laughs> Thank you so much, beautiful lady. Thanks, gorgeous. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. Bye. How amazing is Kate, everyone? She has so much knowledge. It's so insightful and inspiring and she's so humble you know and just keeps it real which I think is really awesome so as I mentioned in the show notes back on my website so clarabay.com slash episode nine that's the number nine check it out because you'll have links to connect with Kate and also where you can buy her book from and as well as that you can connect with the health space clinics which are in Sydney they haven't expanded outside of Sydney yet, but you know, they, these guys are big dreamers and very passionate about spreading wellness and integrated health. So stay tuned. But if you are in Sydney, I highly recommend because you can get an integrated approach to everything that's going on for you or not going on for you. So I would love to hear back from you guys. How do you feel about natural health and modalities? What has worked for you? What doesn't? Any comments or thoughts about what Kate and I shared today? As always, would love to hear from you. And until then, I hope that you are doing whatever you can, even if it's in a small way, to free your mind, to fuel your body, and to feed your soul. And if you loved this episode, don't forget to jump onto iTunes and subscribe. That way you'll never miss an episode. And a five-star rating would be awesome as well so that I can keep bringing you some incredible conversations, insights, reflections, and chats, which I hope that you have been loving. Sending you all my love, guys, and have a beautiful, beautiful day wherever you are in the world. Thanks. Bye.